0: At RICO, we make TMI work for the healthcare industry. From
1: automated patient registration, to 3D surgical modeling, to the doctor will see you now, there's no such thing as too much information. Our
0: experts unlock the power of your trapped information so you can spend more time focused on what matters most your patients. We love TMI. RICO, imagine change.
2: Listening to the underground podcast Network. you and i have a rendezvous with destiny we'll preserve for our children this the last best hope of man on earth or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness you and i have the ability and the dignity and the right to make our own decisions and determine our own destiny rendezvous with destiny rendezvous.
0: the underground podcast network a podcast featuring common sense conversation with the educated and informed those dedicated to making a difference to affecting solutions who champion a return to constitutionality in the united states of america
2: An update now on that deadly shooting near a busy shopping mall in El Paso, Texas. It happened at a Walmart near Cielo Vista Mall this morning, about 10 a.m. local time.
0: We are coming on the air this morning with breaking news from Dayton, Ohio, a second mass shooting in the United States in less than 24 hours. Overnight, nine dead in Dayton after a shooter fired a long gun outside on a street in a popular night. This
2: morning, our nation is overcome with shock, horror and sorrow. This weekend, more than 80 people were killed or wounded in two evil attacks. One Saturday morning in El Paso, Texas, a wicked man went to a Walmart store where families were shopping with their loved ones. He shot and murdered 20 people and injured 26 others, including precious little children. Then... In the early hours of Sunday morning in Dayton, Ohio, another twisted monster opened fire on a crowded downtown street. He murdered nine people, including his own sister, and injured 27 others. The First Lady and I joined all Americans in praying and grieving for the victims, their families, and the survivors. We will stand by their side forever. We will never forget. These barbaric slaughters are an assault upon our communities, an attack upon our nation, and a crime against all of humanity. We are outraged and sickened by this monstrous evil, the cruelty, the hatred, the malice, the bloodshed, and the terror.
0: I was just talking to somebody, listening to a woman who came up and said hello to me, and she said, why is he coming here when he hates us? You only have an attack like this when you have a president who gives people permission to act on this hatred and this racism and this intolerance. And so we must connect those dots. And if we fail to do that, we are then complicit in the violence that we will continue to see across America. There's no question that the recent shootings in Dayton, Ohio and El Paso, Texas were a tragedy for those affected. As well, these shootings can be seen as nothing less than acts of domestic terrorism. They fit the basic definition of terrorism, and they were domestic at their core. But the El Paso shooting stands out as a hand overplayed by the progressive fascist left both domestically and internationally. As usual, the mainstream media is committing sins of omission at a fast and furious rate, pun intended. Even as they paint the societally dysfunctional shooter, Patrick Crucius, as a white nationalist, they are conveniently leaving out his self-declaration as a neo progressive, a self-declaration proven by his own hand in his manifesto. Gateway Pundit points out that Crucius was a proponent of both basic universal income and universal health care, two goals only valued by the progressive fascist left. Quote, In the near future, America will have to initiate a basic universal income to prevent widespread poverty and civil unrest as people lose their jobs to automation. Joblessness is in itself a source of civil unrest achieving ambitious social projects like universal health care and UBI would become far more likely to succeed if tens of millions of defendants are removed, unquote. He also comments on his environmental leanings to include blame for any and all environmental decline resting with capitalism. Quote, the decimation of our environment is creating a massive burden for future generations, corporations are heading the destruction of our environment by shamelessly overharvesting resources," unquote. These are hardly the words of a capitalist, a conservative, a libertarian, or a devotee of the presidents. In fact, these are the words of the Ocasio cortez left, the progressive fascist left. So it is that once again, the mainstream media is executing ideological and political dishonesty in its overt activism. Where they're making Crucius sound like a Trump supporter, he is actually a supporter of the fringe left, although one could hardly deduce this from their coverage. Then we have the international one-world progressive fascist disingenuousness. Mexico's foreign minister, Marcelo Ebrard, As much as said, his government was going to hold the United States legally responsible for the endangerment of Mexican nationals in El Paso. Fox News reports him as saying, The President of the Republic has instructed me so that this posture and indignation from Mexico is translated, first in protecting affected families, and then in legal actions. Efficient and prompt, quick and convincing, so that Mexico can demand the conditions to protect the Mexican-American community and Mexicans in the United States. Excuse me? While not every Mexican national who illegally crosses into the United States is a violent criminal or a drug cartel-related operative, there is a good percentage who are. There are daily reports of lives ending tragically, senselessly, and unnecessarily by illegal immigrants who have often been ordered deported and who disappeared into the sanctuary city mist. These Mexican nationals have committed crimes against American citizens, citizens the United States government has a duty to protect from enemies foreign and domestic, like illegal immigrants from Mexico who would even be considered criminals in their own country. It takes a real set of coyons for Ebrard and his government to even suggest legal action against the United States in the wake of this senseless tragedy. It is an international insult to the United States, and President Trump would be well within his moral and ethical right to shut the Mexican border completely, citing their exact demand in reverse. We demand the conditions to protect American citizens from criminals who choose to violate our immigration laws to affect violent crime in our country. Criminals that emanate from Mexico. As the mainstream media, the Democrats, and the progressive fascists play play, Politics, with this heart-wrenching act of violence, keep in mind that they are advancing a false narrative even as they try to emotionalize the event for their own ideological purposes. Repulsive doesn't even begin to summarize their intents, words, and actions. My sincere condolences and prayers to all who are affected by this event. We'll be back with Kathy Chamberlain, author of Rules for Deplorables to talk about how the Alinsky tactics are being used in these events right after this. This podcast segment has been brought to you by the Emerald Coast Tea Company, makers of all-natural, handcrafted, exotic blend teas. When it comes to tea, no matter what your preference, the Emerald Coast Tea Company has a tea or tea blend just for you. Order yours today at emeraldcoastteacompany.com Welcome back to The Underground. I'm your host, Frank Salvato. In light of the shootings in El Paso, Texas, and Dayton, Ohio, uh, and all of the rhetoric that we're hearing from the caustic progressive fascist left, I thought it would be beneficial to bring Kathy Chamberlain, the author of uh, Rules for Deplorables, back on, to talk about exactly why we're hearing things the way we are from the left and to expose uh, the reality that they're using once again the Sololinsky's uh, rules for radicals in order to politicize the, this event. Kathy, welcome back to the program.
1: Hey, thanks for having me back, Frank.
0: Now, you you pinged me and, and said, hey, uh, you do realize that they're using an Alinsky tactic here with all the caustic rhetoric that's coming out after their shooting? And I said, I do. And I asked you to come back on and explain it uh, to our listeners so that they can start learning how to see these tactics being used in real time. So why don't you explain what you saw and, and, and how you came to that conclusion?
1: Yeah. And once you do understand these tactics, they're just so blatant and it's so easy to follow what the left is doing. And it's so obvious that they're doing it intentionally. Um, We all know the left is is united right now in blaming Trump for all the hate uh, driving these mass shootings. And, um, you know, it was said, I mean, before Trump even entered the White House, if you remember, he was being blamed for his rhetoric causing division in our country. Mm -hmm. And in, in my book, um, the, the tactic that I chose for this particular subject it was tactic number 11. And what that is, uh, Alinsky says that if you push a negative hard and deep enough, it'll break through into its counterside or, the, or a positive. And so to the left, the more negative they can be towards their enemy, and if they keep at it and keep at it, eventually it'll come to an advantage for them. Now and the, that's why the, they do
0: what they do. And uh, when we were, you were talking at the beginning about the campaign, and uh, I had, you know, you see the pictures out there of uh, a young Donald Trump, or a younger Donald Trump um, getting pats in the back from Al Sharpton, getting awards from the NAACP, getting uh, rubbing elbows with Jesse Jackson. Uh, And then all of a sudden, because they had to demonize him, they started throwing out the dog whistle. That's that's racism. He's a racist, racist, racist. Um, Now, in the aftermath of these shootings, we're we're seeing that he's a a gun loving white supremacist nationalist. Now, this gets into another one with about ridicule and name calling that Alinsky gets into, too, doesn't it?
1: Yes, it does. A lot of these tactics are overlapping. Um, When they call him uh, a racist and KKK and that sort of thing, um, that's that's his fifth tactic, which is ridicule is a man's most potent weapon. Um, But the reason I like tactic 11 for what we're seeing right now as the predominant tactic that's being used is because they're 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 constantly uh, pushing at the uh, same negatives that connect somehow in their minds or in the minds of their their supporters, I guess, not really theirs, because they know they're doing this intentionally. They know Trump is not a white supremacist, uh, but they just love to repeat the same old lies about Charlotte, uh, what, what occurred there and, and that sort of thing. In fact, Alinsky uh, teaches that the left wing activists should always refer to their opponents, in this case, Trump, as 100 percent devil. And that's precisely what they're doing. So so you don't see any of them pulling back on this stuff at all in order to unite our country. Um, he called that particular uh, uh, type of um, method the ultimate polarization of a target. So they all right. just kind of right. prowl and,
0: on. And, and you've got a, a, a very complicit mainstream media um, just – Pounding on that. Whenever somebody takes to a microphone, whether it's Beto O'Rourke or or Cortez or or Warren or Biden today, um, they are, they just cover this and thump that. So it gets amplified um, beyond nauseum, and and it's effective wow. because because of the repetitive because of the repetitive nature of how they're doing this.
1: Absolutely. And, and you hit the nail on the head because Alinsky also says, and this is a quote uh, uh, directly out of my book, what he says is that the left's reactions should be clothed in shock, horror and moral outrage. And the truth doesn't matter to them. This isn't about truth. This is about polarizing Trump from everybody, including his own base and his own uh, 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 political allies uh, to make him look like a real devil. And they do a really good job at it. And Alinsky says the more dramatic the better. In fact, overblown reactions to Trump in everything he does, like uh, falsely comparing him to Hitler and the KKK, you know, calling him homophobic, racist, xenophobic—they're all the means that the left uses to achieve their goals, taught to them by Alinsky's rules for radicals.
0: When we when we look at and now with the case of Trump. Uh, and looking at his internal polling numbers, especially with his base, this tactic seems not to be resonating with, with Trump's base very well. W- what can we attribute that to?
1: Uh, I think uh, voters are getting a lot smarter. And um, because now, especially two and a half years down the road and after collusion, delusion, you know, turned out to be uh, a false narrative, I think people are starting to take a second look. Um, and starting to give him more of a benefit of a, of a doubt than they did there at the very beginning um, uh
0: huh. Go ahead. There's a there's another aspect to this. I didn't mean I didn't mean to cut you off on that one, but we're looking at um, at the disengaged populace, which tends to be the the undecided voter. Um, I I know a lot of people like to pretend that they contemplate when they're when they're an undecided voter, but quite honestly, undecided voters don't usually look at anything until the very last minute. Um, they're consumed with their lives. They, they, yes, they, they there's a very narrow, um, narcissistic, and I'm not using that in a caustic way, but there's a narcissistic uh, component to undecided voters because they're just too busy with their own lives to actually spend the time to understand what's going on in politics. Is this repetitive message from the left, the, this over-the-top, beyond-the-boundary rhetoric? That that the cost of, that, that the the progressive fascist left is is foisting on the public is that resonating with these with this demographic?
1: Oh, definitely it definitely resonates with the ones who um, are really ignorant to the facts, let's say, and who go on living their own lives and really don't care about this stuff um, because all they are are headline re- readers and when they read the headlines and that is very interesting what the New York Times did this past week. Which was so blatant and so obvious when when they were forced by the left's pressure uh, to change the headline that they originally had on 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 this whole shooting business with Trump, uh, I, I I was shocked actually with that that was even more blatant than I thought they would do when they. Change that, but yeah, I think people are are starting to catch on to it, and they're getting to the point where they just roll their eyes now. So the left is actually digging their own grave here. I think we're gonna we're gonna find that as we get closer to the um uh to the 2020 election.
0: No, no. When we talk about I, I've we saw it happen with the term racist, um, where now it's just it's this benign term. Uh, they have they have thumped that drum so hard for for the last 3 years about Donald Trump maybe 4 years a little bit before That's when we first got on the campaign trail that it has no meaning to anybody anymore it it's lost its yeah. it's lost its punch and its effectiveness now they're doing this white nationalist type thing trying to roll it in with the on the coattails of of the the racist moniker is that failing on them too
1: That's a really good point. And that was so of interest to me as I was writing my book that I actually have that in my book about the uh, thing that they're going to that they're going to just overuse uh, certain terms to the point they're going to neutralize them. Um, And in fact, I wrote a blog recently about we're all racist now because nobody knows anymore who's a racist and who's not because everybody's being called a racist. Um, But with the white nationalist thing that, you know, I researched what what does nationalism really mean? Um, And nationalism is not a bad word. It just started getting a bad connotation after the two world wars uh, uh, because it it was just uh, affiliated with with Nazism and that sort of thing. But truthfully, the definition, the real definition of nationalism is uh, just to uh, uh, believe in one's country. And um, and put one's country ahead of uh, other countries, uh, unlike globalism, which we can pretty much align the left with. And they would prefer to put the, the global community above our nation. So I prefer the 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 words white nationalist, black nationalist, whatever kind of nationalist. We're all nationalists. We should be if we love our country. Supremacist is a different thing.
0: And in, in, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it a step further and say that the that the progressive fascist left is actually they're foreign nationalists. They, they want every other culture and every other country to have precedence over the United States because the, they believe in their heart of hearts that the United States is the source of all evil in the world.
1: That's true. <laughs> that's true and that that is a good point
0: you know so and and you you strike a big thing here people and and progressives love to do this and this goes back to the very beginning and then the rules that the fabians actually came out came out with saying go ahead and redefine a term marry it that's to something right. else to make it mean something else and what we're seeing and you just pointed this out that they're trying to marry supremist with nationalist and they are completely two different things
1: Exactly. It drives me crazy, too, because uh, Trump, even in the past, has said once, I remember this, and I thought, ouch, that's going to come back and bite him, because he said, what's wrong with a nationalist? I'm a nationalist. He said that in one of his rallies and speeches, and I thought, oh, my gosh, the left is going to pounce on him. They've been pretty quiet about that. I would not be surprised if in the future that pops up near election time. Um, But and that's why the that's why people like us have to keep harping on the fact that there's nothing wrong with nationalism, um, because it shouldn't be a bad word. But they do own the language. And in fact, that's why so many people get confused about what is the left. What's the difference between the left, the liberal, a a socialist, um, a, a progressive? You know, they've changed their even their own name so many times in the past. So as not to offend, so to kind of creep, do that mission creep about their whole ideology. Yeah, and they're no, good
0: as at a, it. As a matter of fact, Ronald Reagan was a nationalist. He was he was proud to be a, a, a citizen of the United States. He he said that we we need to have pride in our country, and that is the very definition of definition of what a nationalist is. He didn't say he didn't like foreign lands. He didn't say he didn't like like foreign peoples. As a matter of fact, he was very big on capitalistic trade. But it just meant that he he understood that he was an American above all else, and I think he um, I know I don't want to put words in the man's mouth, but you know when we start getting into the hyphenated American, we we start dividing, and that was something that the the politically correct started to do back in the 70s with the the hyphenated American. We're not hyphenated anything. If you if yeah, you go to, a, you, if, really I, if I point. yeah if I go to Europe and I and I go to Italy and I say, well I'm Italian, they look at me and they say, no you're not, you're American you you may have an italian heritage but you're an american you're not an italian you know people un- <laughs> exactly. people understand that overseas we're talking with Kathy Chamberlain the author of uh, rules for deplorables uh and we're uh, we're touching on the tactics that uh, uh that the left is using in the aftermath of the shootings in El Paso and and Dayton now we saw this pinhead Beto O'Rourke and, uh, and uh, another pinhead from down there who was, uh, I, I believe she was, uh, she was a congresswoman for that district, uh, demanding that the president not show up in El Paso. And, and yeah. what did Donald Trump do? He went to El Paso um when they make these demands and the and the president just fluffs them off and does what he wants to do do those demands ring back onto the people who are screaming for them or do they just fall off into the mist
1: oh i think they fall off into the mist um because th- this is just a tactic that they played that, again they've just uh, totally overplayed um but there are certain tactics that really work for them and when you ask me what's what's the difference between pushing a negative hard and deep enough so it comes into a positive uh, versus uh the fifth tactic you know the uh, ridicule mm-hmm. let me give you if i can let me just I, I really want the audience to understand what the difference is between the two because in that chapter 11 which might that chapter i call mobs versus jobs because what what the left did, they tried to to make us believe that Trump divided the country before he entered the White House. Right. Even before he entered the White House. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yet it's interesting because uh, a lot of independent voters voted for Obama <clears throat> because he actually promised civility to unite the two parties. If you remember back when he ran in 08 with a big columns and- you bet. Yes. And uh, Politico. Now, I got this out of Politico, which we know is not exactly a conservative uh, 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 newspaper. But they said that back then in 2008, they had an article that said in the last 24 hours, Obama completely abandoned his campaign call for new politics, promising that if there is a political fight, he'd bring a gun. Okay, now. They also said he never paid a price for his willingness to go negative. But what I found out of that little bit of research to find out, you know, how negative, who's the real negative one here? Who's the one that's dividing and and, and, and bringing the hate to the table? And I found this really good um, uh, Breitbart uh, uh, link that they have this list of all the negative comments made by um, all the, the left since uh prior to trump being uh, being elected and just to give you just a really quick if i can example and some of these you'll you'll be familiar with but others you won't and this is what i mean because there are so many of them i think breitbart had over 400 and those were just ones that were by famous people
0: mm-hmm.
1: but aside from obama saying if they bring a knife to the uh, uh, to the fight we'll bring a gun. Biden said, remember, I'll take Trump behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric Holder said when they go low, we kick him. Um, Nancy Pelosi, listen to this one. I, I didn't remember hearing this. I just don't know why there aren't uprisings all over our country. Maybe there will be. You know, we know Maxine Waters. Uh, mm-hmm. Here's a good one from uh, Elizabeth Warren. I hope they leave their bodies to science. I would like to cut them open. Yeah. <laughs> um, VP candidate Tim Kaine, we've got to fight in the streets. Now, I break these down in my—I won't go through, you know, to to save time—but I break these down in 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 this chapter between what the politicians have said what liberal celebs have said they get really nasty as you know yeah. what the fake news media has said and what the educators and students have said and there there are so many and so full of hate calling him the kkk and all that that's beyond ridicule that is pushing these negatives from so many different directions so that it almost is like circular reporting, like we saw happen in the collusion delusion. If you remember, you know, right. they um, if the FBI sees that a newspaper has printed something, well, then it must be true. So then they leak something to the newspaper to print it, and then it all becomes circular and more credible to people. And that's what has happened
0: here. Yeah, yeah, they've manufactured credibility.
1: Correct. And you know, have you seen this? Um, um this gal up and this is the problem because the left is so good at ensuring that they all stick together and they all uh, uh band around the wagon and protect their own and attack the others but we do not do that this gal up in um in in Butler County in Ohio have you seen this the representative um she uh, Candace Keller is her name well she um she came out with a uh, a tweet that basically s- broke down why she thinks these mass shootings are happening and blaming it on the liberals for things like and she names violent video games, relaxing of wall uh, laws, failed school policies, disrespecting law enforcement, hatred of our veterans you know she lists everything she lists is right on the button. The mistake she made was she listed transgender <sighs> homosexual marriage, and drag queen advocates in the bunch now. Of course we know the left's going to pile on to her for that. Mm-hmm. But who else piled on to her? The GOP leadership and the Butler County sheriff who apparently is a big Trump supporter um and they're asking for her resignation. You would never see that with the left. Even oh, with no. blackface.
0: No, I and mean, we've seen that. We've seen the, the the blackface thing with the with the Virginia governor. You know, yeah. it, it, there's like a, yeah, so what? You know, people. I people need to remember that there are pictures with the Clintons who sucked up to Donald Trump when he was writing checks during all of their campaigns for everything they ran for on sure a federal did. level. So, if if he was such a racist, how come the first black president? Uh, you know, was taking money from him? How come the Clinton Foundation doesn't give the money back that he donated to him? Why doesn't the NAACP return the money? Why doesn't Rainbow Push return the money? Why doesn't Al Sharpton exactly. return the money? Precisely. You know,
1: they're such hypocrites. It's disgusting. And I'm hoping that, you know, because they're being so blatant with this now, it used to be a time when they would be a lot smarter with it. But I think what's happened is they've dumbed down the uh the next generation so much that now the next generation is the democratic party so they're so dumb they can't even be smart about this stuff and i think that is actually going to come back and really uh really be the end of them um at least i hope the american public is smart enough to to see that coming uh Mm -hmm. there was another guy uh representative in uh, nebraska i now this back to your white supremacy Mm -hmm. he john McAllister is his name he's a state representative Republican he said his party is enabling white supremacy and he and and he blames Trump for calling countries assholes you know telling women of color to right. go home and 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 he said he lies more than he tells the truth i mean how in the world does that help
0: our see, party the, that's the
1: kind of stuff that hurts us so bad
0: this is where party leadership on a federal level has failed miserably, and I have always been anti mitch McConnell because i don 't believe he communicates well and, and and as the as the leader of the greatest debate floor in in human history, he should be a little bit more eloquent and a little bit more set in in, in his mindset and his principles, which he is not you know Washington said it best in his farewell address we need to beware factions in government because they will be the ruin of the republic and he was talking about political parties when these people show up in washington after they're elected they're not supposed to be beholden to their parties anymore. They're supposed to represent their constituencies. And it, with the with the advent of the 16th Amendment, we, we lost the ability for, for states to protect themselves against things like Obamacare and, and the overextension of federal government because we went to direct elections of our senators. The senators were appointed for a reason. That was to protect the states. Not, not to do right. the will of the people. The senators are not supposed to be representing the individual. They're supposed to be representing the states. So the progressives won on that one in a big, big way. And that was, that was a big, bad moment in the United States of America. So that, with this guy in Nebraska, if the party leaders were had any kind of a spine at all, they would expel him from the party.
1: That's exactly right. Instead of pouncing on this woman up in Ohio, who actually has it right, she might have put in there a few politically incorrect words, but she's got the concept that we should be trying to get our country back to right on. And yet the GOP pounces on her and pounces on Trump. That is that is the undoing of our. If we can't unite, we're done. It's, in, it's, in our party,
0: the, 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 just to pick on the GOP leadership, just a little bit. This is this is that cancer in, inside their thought process that we have to compromise to get to the left, if if to get to the middle, to be able to capture the undecideds in the middle and the people who don't who aren't engaged all the time. Marketing the and message so and getting. Wrong. Yeah, marketing the message and getting the and taking control of the narrative before the left does is the key to being able to advance your principles. You don't have to compromise on your principles and 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 your core ideology when it comes to your political party if you can explain yourself correctly. That uh, correctly. This is another reason why I'm not a fan of Mitch McConnell or the or the federal GOP. They message
1: for shit. They, you and they, I are on exactly the same plane with that. Um, I can remember, uh, well, you know, Mitt Mitt Romney and John McCain come to mind when we're talking about this subject. And uh, I mean, I believe that's why Mitt lost. And uh, John McCain, he was he was at the um, at one of his town halls when he a woman said, hey, is uh, Obama an Arab sympathizer? And, you know, why could he not just have said, I don't know? No, no he, had, he, had he had to say emphatically no.
0: Yeah, he 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 also on, on several occasions when he was talking about his opponent almost sounded like like his press secretary.
1: <laughs> he did. Exactly.
0: You know, you, you yes. don't you don't need to trumpet your opponent. This is just politic politics one oh one when you're running a campaign. You don't need to trumpet your opponent's good points, you shouldn't talk about them at all. Acknowledge them, that's great, but bring it back to you and what you can offer. McCain didn't do that, and Romney certainly didn't do that
1: well said yes and that's that's where this actual tactic plays so well uh, uh, by the is played so well by the left and they do get away with it because it makes the gop cower it doesn't make trump cower it doesn't make the the people in the freedom caucus cower Um, It, you know, it it only makes the establishment that think they've got to be these gentlemen from the 1800s and they can't play dirty and they just don't understand what this war is about at all.
0: And and that's why Mitch McConnell looks like a deer in the headlights when Ocasio-Cortez says what she says against the media cycle. We've we've been talking with Kathy Chamberlain. She is the uh, the author of Rules for Deplorables. Kathy, where can they go to get the
1: book? They can go to my website where there's all sorts of options uh, for both the book, the ebook, And now I just came out last week uh, with the uh, audio book is now available. So go to www.rulesfordeplorablesbook.com.
0: Very good. And uh, as as these incidents and, and, and tactics are rolled out by the left getting, getting into 2020, we'll be talking to you again.
1: I appreciate that, Frankie. Take care up there.
0: Thank you for listening, everybody. You've been listening to The Underground, and we will talk to you next time. If you enjoyed what you heard in this episode, please subscribe to our podcast, like us, and share us with your friends. The Underground USA podcasts can be heard on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spreaker, and accessed through the Himalaya Podcast app for all your smart devices. This podcast is a production of Underground USA, accessible at undergroundusa.com You're listening to the Underground Podcast Network.